Welcome back into the Rounding Third Podcast. I'm Nick. We have Harrison, and we welcome Sean back to the show after his two-month hiatus. How are we doing, fellas? <laughs> What's up, boys? Good to be back. Yeah, everybody needs an off-season, right? Yes, everyone needs an off-season. New married, new married man, yeah, brand new man. We're good. So, and, and the uh, funny thing is, you know, it was the wife that was like, "Hey, you should go do that podcast. So you can leave me alone for one evening." Yeah, right? every like, week I can do this. <laughs> when are you going back to doing this? <laughs> so, well, welcome back, Clyde. We're excited Thanks, to talk man. some baseball. Yeah, uh, we got too. we got some free agent news. We'll get into it. Um, but make sure first that you follow and like us on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can also listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And as right. always, sharing is caring. Please tell your friends. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So leading off, the Dodgers sign yet, surprise, surprise, another free agent. Teoscar Hernandez is off the board, and he signs for one year, $23 million. Now, I have a couple things about this because – there was no other teams out there that was willing to give him more years than this. I mean, ultimately, yes, I get that he gets to choose where he goes. That's what free agency is all about. But if you turn back the clock a little bit and you remember that A-Rod tried to come to Boston and the league stepped in and said, no, you can't take a pay cut. Fast forward a few years later, Mark Teixeira, free agent, tries to come to Boston. MLB steps in and says, no, you can't go to Boston. You're taking a pay cut. Are you trying to tell me that Teoscar Hernandez is not taking a pay cut to go to L.A. to play with Shohei Otani? Now, it might not necessarily be a pay cut. He might have gotten $23 million per year somewhere else, but his contract would have been longer. I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this. And is the MLB just not saying anything because it's the Dodgers or parentheses Yankees? No, I think the league's not saying anything because it's Teoscar Hernandez and it's not A-Rod or Mark Teixeira or like, and there's nothing against Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, he's a really good player, but I, he is, he's not a face of the franchise guy. Yeah, right. Okay. I, I mean, I, I think that's the main difference. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, when you do have to do that, like, like it, you, the league can't meddle too much. I don't think because it is free agency. Like, and the reason why players work hard, like you don't just get to go to free agency, you have to earn it. Like you have to play in the league for a certain period of time. You have to go through the years. You have to have years of service, and then you have to earn free agency. So when a guy earns it, like you got to give him you know, the ability to choose where he wants to go. He's earned that throughout his career. So like, I think I would have felt worse if the league did step in because if if they're going to do it, because the way I look at it, if you're going to step in for a Teoscar Hernandez, like you got to step in for everybody now, right? Like now you got to step in for like, and again, nothing against Teoscar Hernandez, but if you step in and and start to dictate where he can sign, now you got to like, well now, like, a number three starter that's just going to load up a roster. Well, no, we can't, we got to step in now. You know what I mean? Like, and again, I don't, I didn't love it when they did it with A-Rod. I didn't love it when they did it with Teixeira, but I get it a little bit more because like those are face of the franchise guys. Now, granted, they both ended up going to the Yankees, which already had faces of the franchise. So (laughs) I get that. Um, But the names are just so much bigger. 
and I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I get it. And that makes no sense. And I'm talking in circles, but you know, in my brain, it's like, I, I get it a little bit more. No, yeah, I'm, I'm following you there for sure. Yeah. If, if they were, if they were signing Matt Chapman on top of all this, you might say, uh, hold, hold on, pump the brakes. Like that's a real impact player. Um, Tasker Hernandez is a guy who's been, who's been pretty good, but what kills me about this deal. So aside from the fact that Dodgers are like just doing stupid things and I feel like the super team build is on, they're going to, they're going for broke. Arguably we watched Steve Cohen do this last year too. And all, all thought, Oh, this is interesting. Now the Dodgers are doing it and it's kind of ridiculous, but um, of course, cause it's at a whole nother level, but what's interesting with the Teoscar Hernandez deal, here's a guy who's 31 years old. This is generally you're going into prime years. This is when you sign that last big contract in your early thirties. He's taken a one year deal on top of that. Believe it or not. I mean, the Dodgers love to do this. They deferred eight and a half million dollars of it. So it's a one year, it's a one year deal. They're deferring eight and a half million dollars out to 2030. He's not going to get, he's, he's going to wait six years to get the rest of this contract. And then with luxury taxes on top, that $23.5 million contract is going to cost the Dodgers $32 million bucks because they've now escalated beyond the 50%. There's another 12.5% surcharge. Like they're in a whole world of, of competitive balance tax pain that creates costs. But here's a 31 year old guy signing a one year deal with, with over a third of it deferred in prime time. So to me, this screams. I want to go win. I want to be a winner. I want to be on a winning team. I'm going to I'm going to ride the coattails of the other guys. I'm going to try to get myself a ring and try to be a big enough part of it where I can get a big contract at the back end. Because what I'm hearing is the two other students that were coming after him aggressively were the Angels and the Red Sox, and he didn't want to go to either. So to him, it was, I don't want to go there. I don't want to spend a lot of years there, and I don't care how much they're going to offer me. I'm going to go try to win. And I'm going to come out next year and try this again when other teams might be in the running for me. So it's a, I don't think it's a great contract for Teoscar Hernandez, but I think in his eyes, it was his best option because he didn't want to go to the other place where he was wanted. Well, yeah, I, I also fair. think too, if the league is going to step in, then they need to step in on this new fad that the Dodgers are doing about just deferring all sorts of money on contracts. Like it's that's crazy. where the league, that's where the league is going to have to step in and go, well, well we got to close this loophole. Right. Yeah. Because now it I mean, it was already a, a, almost a competitive advantage just having that much money to spend. But that's baseball. Yep. Right. I mean, it's yep. that's yep. what happens when you don't have salary cap. But when you start now deferring large, large percentages of these contracts. So essentially you're getting these players on the cheap, but they're not taking a pay cut because they are going to get their money. Like if you start doing that three, four, five contracts every cycle, then I think the league's got to step in, but like, we got to close this loophole. Yeah, I, I hate the argument online where it's like, oh, well, your team can do the same thing that the Dodgers are doing. And it's like, no, no, they can't. Like, you're trying to tell me, we've we said this the last few weeks, you're trying to tell me that a low market team can defer 98% of their payroll? There's no chance. If that's the case, the Padres wouldn't have had to trade Soto. They would have just deferred a bunch of his contract and kept him. Like, you got to have the money to pay it. And now, so the worst part is Teoscar Hernandez is deferring that money to 2030 and they're going to pay it to him over 10 years. Like he's, he deferred eight and a half million bucks out, out six years over a span of 10 years. Like it's going to be 16 years where he gets the last dollar of that, of that deferral. This is a garbage deal for Teoscar Hernandez. But did he did he not want to go to Anaheim and Boston so bad he's willing to take that deal? Or is he just ring chasing? Maybe he's just ring chasing. Possibly. 
Yeah. But it, it's know, a it's bad weird. deal. Um, all right, so staying with the Dodgers, uh, Yamamoto's opt-out details came through this week, and it is a little strange when he can opt out of this contract. So he can opt out after 2031 and 2033. Okay. That if he does not have significant right elbow surgery so tommy john or he's on the il for 134 straight service days due to an elbow he can opt out two years before i know it's kind of tough to follow i don't know if i explain that right 29 and 31 now it's weird that he can't opt out in 30 like that middle year like (laughs) That, that one's a weird one to me. Um, but so pretty much if he gets through healthy through 29 without missing significant time, he can opt out in 2029. If he's on the IL due to a right elbow injury, he can opt out later in 2031. However, the last part of this, he does not have the right to block trades. But if he gets traded, he can opt out of any season in which he's traded. So why after would anyone, season. after the season, yeah. so why would anyone trade for him? Yeah, I mean, he can you, he can turn himself into a rental. So you you can give this big haul of minor leaguers and major league ready players and and get him, and then he can literally look at you in the end of the season and go, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bolt. So he's he's effectively. It's like a, I call it the poison pill. You've yeah. made it so that teams aren't going to want to trade for him because they know that he has the right to just skip town the next season, or at the end of the at, at the end of that season, he becomes nothing more than a rental. It's just it's strange. the The pacing of the opt outs is weird. I mean, I get the elbow concerns, right? We've talked about how these Japanese guys come over throwing millions of pitches before they come to the MLB. Um, like, so I get protecting them that way to injury but yeah, it's smart it's smart yeah. because if he if he does get hurt and misses time now he can't opt out and he has to stay and give you more years to offset the fact that he was out it also tells you that the, the dodgers expect him to miss time like they're looking right. into this going we know something's going to happen we know we know the track record we know what happens with, with the japanese pitchers they almost always come over and get tommy john we've seen otani get two now like they know it's coming so you, I'll give we'll give you the opt out, but you got to earn it by staying healthy. Otherwise, we're going to lock you into this thing so we get some value out of this contract. It's yeah, smart. It, I think it also like we see it as the kind of the trend now too is guys getting like um, proactive Tommy John. Yeah, and it it at least makes him think twice before him and his agent come to LA, being like, you know, I think we're going to go, you know, we're going to go do it before something really bad happens. Like, well, let's think yeah. about this. Like let's let's pitch our way through this contract before we have to make a decision like that. Um, so it's just a bizarre. I don't think I've seen that before. That's bizarre. No, and it's no. weird that the opt outs are two years apart. Like I just said, like usually yeah. you'll see them like he can opt out after twenty nine. So that means like twenty nine, thirty, thirty one. It's weird that there's like a one year gap between his opt outs. So like if he opts yeah. in, they get him to give him two more years. So I don't know. It's strange, but I mean. Again, I hate to give him credit, but smart on the Dodgers' part, kind of protecting them. And 
the yeah, trade the trade piece is also the the Dodgers have proven you know they're playing chess the whole rest of the league's playing checkers and and they've they've made some really interesting calls and how they've structured contracts they've gotten really creative like they're doing things nobody else does a because they've got, they can flex because they're a big market and they can do it but b because they're also getting more creative and finding interesting solutions and I think for them like they're getting they're getting the protection they want in a slightly different way, which is kind of, I think, less intimidating to the player. So they're more likely to say, yeah, I'll take that. I can work with that. Yeah. This Michigan offensive line is eating. They had a 41-yard touchdown run, they just had a 46-yard touchdown run. And this guy's untouched on both. They're just Yikes. eating up this Washington D-line. True. That team is – that Michigan team is good. And their best offensive lineman isn't even playing because he's hurt. <laughs> Wild. You got you got Scott in the chat here. Go blue. Yep. Go we, blue. Scott is a big time, Go blue. big time Michigan fan. Love it. Um. All right. So other free agent news. Um, Imanaga is possibly the next one to sign. He's the most we've kind of heard from lately. Um, the rumor is he could get up to a hundred million dollars, and the Giants have kind of emerged as the front runner for the, the giants are desperate they're so tired of finishing second in all yep. these free agent races yep so i mean i mean we'll see he'll i'm guess these guys have got to start signing soon pitchers and catchers is what four weeks five weeks so, yeah we're five, five we're, we were six weeks away last week we're five weeks away from pitchers and catchers yeah. reporting and you've still got snell montgomery chapman imanaga there's, there's a lot of really premium talent still sitting there waiting for a home yeah um the Braves extend Chris Sale for two more years, $38 million. Is this smart for the Braves to do this knowing Chris Sale's injury history? It's I, I think it's so the, the way it was set up is they were going to get Chris Sale for this year. They had a $20 million option for next year if he was really good. So they would have gotten two years out of him if they wanted to. This takes the option off the table, gives him two years of of, you know, I would say kind of guarantee. So I think the Braves look at it as it's not a huge financial gamble if he's not quite Chris Sale of old. Uh, I also think they I also think they believe it's going to give Chris Sale some peace of mind knowing that he's not playing for his next contract. He's locked in. Hey, you got three years here, guy. Let's go. Um, I don't think it's a bad move. I just don't know that I would have done it right now until I you know at the All Star break and he's pitching great. Sure, I'll go I'll go back and talk to him. But I think the Braves are afraid if they didn't do it now, he was going to have a great season and be like, yeah, guys, I'm out of here. So I think for them it was it's a risk where you can lock up a guy that you're betting on is going to be healthy and seeing where the chips fall. Yeah, I mean the, the injury history obviously has to scare you, right? If it doesn't, you're a crazy sure. person. But at least but it's fluky the, though. But even with the yeah, the injuries lately have been yeah, fluky. Fluky injury. But when he was healthy with the Red Sox, I know we were talking about it in the group text. Like like the the underlying numbers like he still is effective like his swing and miss rate is still up there yep. his hits per nine is still like really good he like, still has the highest k per nine ratio in the history of baseball like when he's healthy yeah. it's like he's still really good he's, he's still gross kind of chris sale like he's yep. still he's not blowing you away with like 97 99 like the whole game but like he's still so damn effective yep. he just misses back and so you know, with him not having to be like the ace of a staff, right? Like, you know, you you got your strider who's who's kind of just a swing and miss king, and you just kind of tuck him there in the middle of the rotation. And it's like, 
hey, man, you got to miss a couple starts in May, June. Like, that's cool. Like, whatever. Yeah. You know, we just got to avoid the fluky injuries, and you just keep being Chris Sale, and, and next thing you know, you're going to look up in August, and he's going to have 14 wins, and you're like, this is crazy. Yeah, you got yeah. Strider and Freed are your headliners, and Chris Sale is just another guy who can blend yeah. in and go out there and spin. Like, and, and if he stays healthy, man, I mean, the numbers are still there. He still misses bats. He still is really good about not allowing guys to string hits together. You know, he does give up the long ball, but, you yeah. know, and the Braves do that. They have pitchers that give up the long ball. So it's like, oh, yeah. what's one more? Strider gives right? up 30 like, plus. Yep. Right. Like, what's one more? Like, yep. this is just who we are. We hit a lot of bombs. We give up a good amount of bombs. Like, that's just who we yep. are. And solo home runs a lot of don't bats. kill you. Nope. And we talked about that for years. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So. I mean, if he has, if he can keep up his ability to miss bats and just not allow guys to string hits together, he'll be fine. Like yeah. with that team in that lineup, with that, like he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. That offense is going to give you six runs a game every start. It's yeah. no, yeah. There's no pressure for him. He's, he's not the guy. He's not on a team that, that team would be good without him. He just, he can just go there and, and pitch and do his thing and let it be what it's going to be. Um, I, he's, but I, I agree with Sean. I think I can't remember if it was Morgan or Nick, uh, Nicholas said it last week, but he's going to go out there and probably win 17, 18, 19 games yeah. because he's, he's finally healthy. He's had fluky injuries after the Tommy John, his stuff is still good. He's going to be hiding in the three or four spot of that rotation. And you know, you put Chris Sale up against somebody else's number four starter. Well, <laughs> like that's it's just, it's just not right. When, 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 oh my God, they are just, this offensive line's eating. Is he gone again? This is this is just they have families. They just take it easy. These people, these guys have families. Um, when the when the schedule shakes out right and like rotations start to take form, yeah. And he's consistently going up against the three, four, five starter of the team you're playing against. It's like, all right, good luck. Yeah, it's uh, not yeah. fair. Yeah. So um, yeah. he'll be nasty. It's a great. I think it's a great. It was a. It was a good trade for the Braves. You know, and I think in a way a good trade for the Red Sox. Now, like, imagine, imagine if the Red Sox don't make the trade and the news comes out that the Red Sox just signed him to this extension, Boston would have burned down. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it would have. Yeah. And rightfully like, so. Boston would have burned down. Yeah, so, right. you know, Boston needed to get rid of him. They needed to get rid of the salary. Yep. They did. They got back a guy that's going to play right away that they need. You know, it's a help in a position that, that they need. Middle infield is what they need. Now, whether yeah. they play Von Grissom at shortstop, second base, I don't know. But they need middle infield help. So For sure. you come back with a guy that that is going to be in your starting lineup. You get rid of a guy that you can't trust, even though like he loved being here. And when he was healthy, he was good. Absolutely. You couldn't trust him to stay healthy. Nope. So it's like it kind of worked for both sides. But I did laugh when that came out that he was extended. And I was like, imagine if that was in Boston. Yeah. People would have That's, rioted. Yeah, I mean, the nice <laughs> thing is the Red Sox don't really sign anybody, so you don't have to worry about them offering contracts. But, <laughs> right, right. but no, you're right. If, if the Red Sox said, "Yeah, we're going to extend Chris Sale," Red Sox fans would have had the right to go to go to Fenway with pitchforks and torches, demanding an explanation. And it's funny because not to get on like a Red Sox tangent just yet, we're only like 20 minutes into this thing. Yeah, it'll come. But like, <laughs> it, 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 I do find it funny where it's like. I am as frustrated as every every other Red Sox fan out there because it's like, do they know free agency has started? Like, you're, you're allowed to sign guys now. Like, you yes, can't, right. however, Somebody poke Craig Breslow, make sure he's awake. <laughs> however, and we do it, fans up here in Boston, they do it with the Patriots in the offseason. I'm sure they'll do it this offseason with the Patriots. They do it with the Red Sox. It's like, 
the first signing doesn't have to be a blockbuster signing. Yeah, right. Like, it's okay to identify an area of need and get a guy while you can get him. And just because he's the first yeah. one doesn't mean it's the most important thing you're doing this offseason. Fair. And imagine if the Red Sox have made no moves, but they announced that they're extending Chris Sale. It would have been <laughs> extra riots. Because it's sort of like, you're not going to go, Yamamoto's out there. It's like, yeah, but Yamamoto's hard to get. Right. Like, if you can, if you right. can... If you can identify an area of need and fill that need, that doesn't mean that you're <clears throat> automatically prioritizing that as the biggest move of the offseason. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I mean, at this point, I mean, we're January. Like, let's make some goddamn moves. I mean, let, I, let's, you know, let's let's get do, in yeah, on it. Do we even, I, do we even I, have I, guys to fill the roster right now? I think it was a lot of false hope, too, because, like, we moved Verdugo. We traded for Tyler O'Neill. So we're like, oh, here we go. The Red Sox are active. And then it's just been radio silence. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's where like my frustration kind of leads sure. in. You're like, all right, here we go. We're making moves, and no, 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 we're not. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, and, um, I, and I, you know, and, and this has been like the ongoing joke with the Red Sox, Pascal Pierce. They're the kings of interest. Like they have interest in everybody. Yeah, they're like, they're, they're the in on of, everybody. Like, oh, like the Sox yeah. have interest. You know, like front office jobs are hard. Like aside from like. I, yeah. Aside from the money you get, like I, I don't know if I would want that job because it's like you, it's a, it's a, it's a, you never win and it's you always lose, especially in a market like this. Everyone's gonna automatically look at the downside. You're paying him too much money. He gets injured a lot. He's a bad locker room guy. Like whatever people are gonna make up, it's like it's just every move you make is a bad move, but that just comes with the territory. Yeah. But like, I was, I'm with you guys 100 when they initially made that Tyler O'Neill move. I was like, okay, like Craig's in this to win it. Yep. And then we've seen nothing. Not a thing. <laughs> I, I think they've tried, right? Like, I mean, we heard that thing about Teo Hernandez. Like they right. were interested, kings of interest. Like they were trying. But it's like at some point, like this effort has to turn into some goddamn signings at a certain point. Right. I agree. Um, all right. A couple more uh, free agent signings and trades to talk about uh, before moving on. Sean Manaya to the New York Mets for two years and $28 million. Um, all right. Sure. Okay. He was so uh, good there for a little while. Yeah. For about a month and a half. All right. Um, Blake Snell privately, quote unquote, wants to be a New York Yankee. Uh like I said before we came on, I don't know if it's private, if everyone knows. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure if I tell my secret to everybody, it's not a secret anymore, but maybe, I, maybe we should have different standards. I don't know. I have a trivia question later in the show that kind of involves that if Blake Snell goes to the Yankees. So just a little throw that in your head, so if it we, even helps. Are we at the point now where like, Major League Baseball is irrelevant. It's really just the Dodgers and Yankees. Should we just skip to the World Series and see what happens? Because I I feel like at this point everybody is just going to the going to the Dodgers and Yankees. Like that's the only the only teams that are favored for anything right now or anybody. It seems like are the Dodgers and the Yankees. That's right. And the, the Mets were last year. It's yeah, same thing. Right. It's, it's like you build this momentum. You get a couple, and like everybody wants to go there. Yep. Uh, I mean, I don't know. The Yankees still need a lot of help in the starting rotation. I, I like. After Garrett Cole, who do you got? Radon, if he's healthy, but yeah, that's I, an again, if. if. Andy Pettit's not walking through that door. Man, if he was, imagine I'd love it. to watch Ooh. him pitch again, even in his like seventies. 
Roger Clemens probably could still Dude, mow some people down. Andy Pettit uh, right now would probably be the ace of the Red Sox staff. There's no probabilities about it, Harrison. <laughs> um, other news uh, that I saw, rumors that Jordan Montgomery wants to stay in Texas. Why, so, wouldn't, you, why wouldn't you want to run that back? And why are they not talking? Why is that not already done? Like, I, if you're I the Rangers, know. why didn't you not like talk to him like day after the season and be like, hey, are you coming back, guy? What's it going to yeah. take? Yeah, I, it's that's kind of weird to me as well. I don't get it. What are you waiting for? Um, yeah. And then to cap off uh, the movement for this week, Robbie Ray is traded to the San Francisco Giants for Anthony Descalfani and Mitch Hanniger. So Mitch Hanniger's Mitch Hanniger is going back to Seattle. Um, Just can't get away. Nope. The fan base is actually pumped that Hanniger's coming back. Sure. So he was good there. Cool. He was, he was, he was good. really good there. Yeah. But he's like a boomerang. The guy just keeps coming back. Yep. Um, but the interesting thing is Robbie Ray's not coming back from his Tommy John until at least June or July, like midseason. So interesting trade there. Is it a gamble for the Giants? Maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a gamble. Sure, I mean, it's always going to be a gamble, but I think they're looking at it being like, Mitch Haniger just just wasn't working. Yeah. Right? Like I you're giving up you're giving up what you know isn't working in San Francisco right. for a guy that when he's healthy can Good add work. so much to your rotation. Right. Which we think we can survive the first couple months without. And then it's almost like and, and this is it kills me when the Red Sox do it, but I'm going to talk out the other side of my mouth now with the Giants. It's kind of like a trade deadline deal when he comes back. Yep. Right. You know, yep. it's, it's almost like you're making the move now, but it's essentially a deadline deal. Yeah, it's fair. It's a good point. Yeah, you got a deadline deal preloaded. You know, you know what's going to happen. Yep. And if the Giants sign Imanaga, I mean, obviously we don't know what kind of pitcher he's going to be, but if you get that, you have Logan Webb. And then if you get, um, Robbie Ray to come back in the midseason, you got a pretty decent one, two, three. If Imanaga pans out, I don't well, and, know. And if if Robbie Ray is Cy Young Robbie Ray and not the one that we saw who is who really kind of struggled and and then eventually got, went under the knife, you know, the hope is that you know his fall off was physical and not the fact that he just had that one really good year that you know made us all think he was somebody he wasn't. Yeah. Um, and then the last move that was made was Jose Caballero from the Mariners was traded to the Tampa Bay Rays for Jake Fraley. So, and that was a straight up trade. Um, so Caballero probably fills that um, Wander Franco hole. No jokes, please. And then... Um, check check the ID first. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I mean, Jake Fraley is a decent player, but Caballero is young, and I think he'll fit on that team and that because he's a very charismatic player. Um, if you've seen any of his games out, out in Seattle. Um, so yeah. he's going to fit with that, that swag. Yeah, Cause the in Rays Tampa. have no flair and personality on that team already. No. So. <laughs> well, you know, it's all joking aside, like there's just something about the Rays where like they can find a million Jake Fraley's anytime they want. I know they just like print like, them they, somewhere. It's just what they do. They just, they go into whatever, whatever lab they have, and then they're just going to produce a couple more Jake Fraley's. It's just kind of what Tampa does. So, like, you know, it's a, it's a position of need. Caballero coming over, we need it. 
It's something we need. And we're going to give up a good player that we're just going to go find a couple more of them. Yeah. So I, like, if I'm, if I'm Tampa, I'm just like, I do that a hundred out of a hundred times. Yeah. Just pull them out I, of Durham and call it good. No, I swear, I swear to God, like if you went into like the Rays player personnel department, it's like some, some evil scientist with like a printing machine. And he's like, oh, you want a flamethrown right-hander? Boop, 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 boop. One spits out, and they just run, like run him out there. Like it, the oh, number you want, you want a guy num- that looks completely unathletic, but like just does nothing but <laughs> just put up terribly aggressive at bats. Yep, we have those guys it's, coming out the ass. It's just what they like. None of them look athletic. It's like who no. the hell is this guy? And then he goes and he's hitting like three sixty. You're like, what? Who is yeah, this it, guy? It is. It's mind-boggling. The 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 amount of talent they just crank out is ridiculous. There's no team in baseball that creates more young talent consistently than the Rays. They just they just keep finding these guys where nobody else can. Like, what are they doing that's different? Because my goodness, uh, I don't know. They're I, creating them. Yeah, I swear player, to God, it's like an evil developed. scientist and like a printer back there, and he's just like spitting out players. Yeah, crazy. All right, so that was all the movement from this week. So it is starting to crank up a little bit. I would imagine this next week or two is is gonna have to unfold here soon because we got people five are... weeks. We got five weeks, boys. Five weeks, and we're gonna have pitchers and catchers showing up. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I I do think though, just real quick about like the the slow moving. Like I I I wonder. I I have nothing to back this up. This is just me kind of spitballing here. But I wonder how much the whole like COVID year where like spring training was delayed and guys are realizing like we can wait. Like there's no, I know it was just natural practice to sign as early as you can. So you knew and you could report like all these guys train in the off season together. They all know each other. Like the idea of like having to report so early to build chemistry and build rapport with your new teammates is kind of out the window. You know, yeah. so like it's just like let's just wait. Like we're just gonna wait to see which teams are truly desperate because it's the desperate sure. teams that pay the biggest contracts. Well, so we'll just wait. And there, I mean, there's gonna come a time where it's a flurry and just like everyone is signing. It's like a three day period where like you just get just your phone's going crazy. All these guys yeah, you, signing. You I just don't think we're like, there yet. And I think the other thing too is is some of the big names remaining are pitchers and they were they report first. So yeah. those guys in the next few weeks are gonna have to know where they're going. Yeah, you know they got to arrange. They got to make sure they've got housing and all this stuff lined up. Like, sure. You don't, you don't just jump on a plane, show up at spring training, like, hey guys, I'm here. Like, you've got equipment to ship. You've got to get housing figured out. Like, you've got to figure out to do with your family. Like, there's there's a process here to get ready for spring training for these guys. And you know, Snell and Montgomery can't necessarily wait until February 15th to sign. I mean, we saw we saw Bryce Harper. He he was a guy that kind of made it cool to like wait until spring training started before you sign. Um, and that was never normal. It was right. never normal. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, yeah, a lot of good talent still out there, so we will see what happens. And I'm sure there's still going to be a few trades here and there, too. So we will keep our eyes peeled. Yep. I mean, if the Red Sox should just trade for some starting pitching or sign some, that'd be great. Yeah, because what do we got right now? Bayo and, and Giolito. And so, Giolito. Yep, so you got you got two guys that are going to throw a lot of innings, but... You don't know what you're getting. Cool. All right. We are going to move on to a segment that we started last week, and Harrison really liked it, and I hope you guys did too. So we're going to do it again. I changed up some pictures. I'll Um, say this before we get started, because you guys just reminded me. Bayo, Lucas Giolito. 
do not sleep on Nick Pavetta. Now, I'm not saying Nick Pavetta is going to win Cy Young MVP, anything like that. But I was going down the rabbit hole the other day, and some guy, I don't know who it is, shame on me for not knowing, but put up this TikTok that Nick Pavetta, once he started using a sweeper last season, yeah, was like an upper echelon pitcher in Major League Baseball when it came to swings and misses, when it came to uh, limiting, so hits per nine essentially is what the stat came out to be. And he added, like on average, like two and a half close to three miles an hour on average to his fastball. And they said before he was he was trying to drop that curveball in righty on righty, and he was getting hammered. And he started to add that sweeper in, and it, his his season absolutely took off. So let's not sleep on Nick Pavetta because he does have gross stuff. He does. Like and la- last year he just last year is an anomaly in the in the fact he pitched so poorly and he moved to the bullpen and spent some time working on things and had a great second half of the year. But yeah, um, you know the question becomes with him is. You know, did he fix what was ailing him, or was that? Did we just get a good streak out of him? But I, I agree, he could be a very valuable pitcher. But even if you get a great year out of Pavetta, you got three guys. Well, like yeah, and, and I, but I also think the the problem you have with that is if you don't add any depth, now Pavetta becomes the guy at the first sign of trouble. He's the guy that becomes right. your go to the bullpen to be long relief because we don't have any other options, and you yeah. can't have that. Like no. your starters have to be your starters. You've yeah. got to have depth. You got to have a bullpen. You got to have guys in the bullpen that you can rely on. Like you just like there's just so many areas that they have to address. Um, but I just wanted to throw that yeah. in there with Pavetta yeah. because I do think I, I'm with you with the question, Harrison. But in my mind, I don't think it was a fluke. Like I I think he's figured some stuff out, and I, I do think he stays healthy. I think next year he's going to be really really good, and I think he could be. I don't expect the Red Sox to be in it. I think he could be one of those names you hear in June July. Where is he going to go on the trade block? Because I think teams are going to want a guy like that. Yeah, he's, yeah. he could be a valuable arm because he, th- he throws a lot of innings. I mean, he, he yeah. he's out there. You know, he's he's not yet put it all together, but he's shown signs, signs that he could. Maybe this is the year he does. Yeah. All right. Um, so like I said, we started a segment last week where we had blurred pictures and Harrison tried to guess who uh, the, per- the player was. Um, according to the blurred picture. I'm still, I'm still so, proud of my Marco Scudero call. Just saying. That was, that was a great call on yours. That was, I was so shocked. You got that right away. I so, couldn't get Jack Morris, but I could get, I could get Marco Scudero. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I would have got Marco Scudero. Oh, it was a good one. Um, but this week I added clues. So if you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, um, you'll be able to kind of join in here and guess who the player is um, since you won't be able to see the picture. So uh, here we go. Okay. So our first clue played from 1923 to 1939 with the New York Yankees, seven-time All-Star, two-time MVP, and played first base. Who is this? With the classic old-school finish. Lou. It is. Sweet Lou. The The Iron Horse, Lou Gehrig. So I tried to put these in order of like easiest to hardest. So most difficult. These, yeah, right? Most <laughs> difficult. Sorry. Did you miss me? No. Always. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Next clue. Uh, played from 1959 to 1975 with the St. Louis Cardinals. Eight-time All-Star, nine-time Gold Glove winner, two-time Cy Young, one-time MVP, and he's the starting pitcher. 
So, I mean, yeah. very iconic finish yeah, here to yeah. kind of, I easy. don't know how he didn't fall over with that finish. I mean, he, everything is, is at a 45 degree angle to the ground. Like there's no reason his whole upper body shouldn't just hit the ground. I'm not convinced that any of his, like his feet aren't even on the ground right now. He's literally, he's got like two toes on the ground and the whole rest of his body at a 45 yeah. degree angle. But it is, a, it is of course the guy who broke baseball, Bob Gibson, but my God, that, and not only that, but he threw a lot of pitches over a lot of years Guys today throw, that that would throw like him would be would be out every other year. I I would have loved <laughs> to have seen this guy pitch live. I, I can't even imagine what he looked no, like. Mike, it would have been Alien. amazing. Yeah. All right. Next one. Sean should get this one. He's my favorite go-to oh, guy yeah. here. So here's the clues. Played from 1930 to 1946 with the Memphis Red Sox. Pittsburgh Crawfords and Homestead Grays. 12 time All Star. He was a catcher, outfielder, and first baseman. And according to Nick, he hit 1,055 trillion home runs. Yeah. Greatest player it's, ever. It's true. Josh Gibson. Greatest player ever. Josh yeah, Gibson. JG. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Best catcher of all time. Next boy. All right. It's a shame we don't like have really good stats on some of these players because I know. I hate yeah, that. I would, have, oh, I would have loved to see like real stats for Josh Gibson or Satchel Page and these guys. Yeah. Like, what did they really do? Because you don't know. No. It's it's a shame, really. All right. Next guy. My man. Played from 1990. Nobody rolls a hummer like him, right? <laughs> With Boston, Anaheim, and the New York Mets. MVP in 1995, three-time All-Star, one-time Silver Slugger, and only played first base. Mo. And this is Big Movon. Nobody rolls yes. a Hummer leaving the Foxy Lady like Movon. No one. Movon, did I – I don't know if I ever told you guys this. When we were – Pat and I, we used our favorite player, my twin brother. When we I loved up, him. I loved him, we, too. He was like our all-time favorite player. Um, did you do the crouching batting stance playing with football? No, Always. not really. Maybe no. a little bit. Uh, like I wasn't coordinated enough to do different batting stances when I played wiffle ball okay, at that enough. age. I just move on was my favorite. And this is probably like a horrible thing for me to say, but like, fuck it. We're amongst friends. Um, I used to think when I was like a kid, like four five, six years old, like when Mo Vaughn was like top player in the league, I used to think that like every African-American guy was just Mo Vaughn. <laughs> like, that's just what I like. We'd be like at the mall and I'd be like, does that Mo Vaughn? My dad's like, no, that's not Mo Vaughn. <laughs> Wasn't that horrible? <laughs> no. Yeah. That's yeah. how much I idolize Mo Vaughn. I love yeah. it. It's, it's, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's true. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is what it is. We get it. You know, it's, I mean, we wouldn't be saying those, you, those Yankees up here in the Northeast, but <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, listen, it's, it's horrible what, for me to say, but it, it is a know? shame that Mo Vaughn's career. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a shame. His, his career went off the rails when he like fell into the dugout on that foul ball, mm. messed up his ankle. He was, he, it took him like two years to get over that thing. And he, he just never, though, he was never really the same. He could hit. Oh man, he could hit, and he, and he was for a while there until he started to really get hefty. Because Movon was never wasn't a fat guy until late in his career. He was just a, he was a stocky built dude, and he was a good yeah. defender too. But then he got he got a little out of shape and and just couldn't move anymore. I also think, and this is not a Movon related thing, but I think the Angels need to go back to the Movon Jim Edmonds uniforms. Oh yes, hundred oh, percent. Those were the best. Absolutely. Those were so underrated. Yep. Those were so underrated. Yep. Agree. Yep. All right. Next guy played from 1984 to 1997 with Oakland, Baltimore, Detroit, and Texas. 
two-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger. He was mainly a catcher, but also played first base and right field. Who is this? Oh. What were the years again? Is that Tettleton? It is Mickey Tettleton. Mickey Tettleton. He had that weird, like, lay the bat off kind of thing, and then he'd, like, snap back up. Yeah, and later in his career, if I remember right, like his almost his entire back was to the pitch. Yeah, he, it was weird. He was an interesting yeah. guy to watch, and he played all over the place. Yeah, switch hitter too, I believe. He was, uh, yeah, I remember him. All right, next one. Oh, God. Person played a played lot of from, places. <laughs> played from 1990 to 2005, came up with the Dodgers, went to Kansas City, was in Boston, Seattle, Minnesota, Philadelphia and the Mets two-time all-star. So uh, just real quick, Nick, sorry. Are these teams in order? Like he ended his career with the Mets? Yes. Okay. All right. Two-time all-star shortstop second base and first base were the positions uh, he played. We would probably know him for playing second base with the Red Sox. Who is Jose Offerman? (laughs) Yeah. I remember when they signed him to that big free agent deal, people lost their mind. He was actually pretty good for the Red Sox, but. Yes. Jose Jose Offerman. I'll never forget. I was at a Red Sox game um, and I got, I got, my dad got corporate tickets on the corner of the Red Sox dugout at Fenway. And he, he struck out on a pitch that was really not, it was not a strike. And Javi Baez strike. Yeah, it, I mean, he didn't swing. It, he was looking, and he got he got rung up. And he came in the dugout and threw a temper tantrum. I was probably ten. I've never heard so many f bombs in my life. I mean, he <laughs> lost it. There, you could hear the the bats rattling and stuff flying. Just f f f this f and just screaming. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. It's all right. He deserved it. It was bad. It right. was a bad strikeout. Next one. Played from 1988 to 2005 with the Toronto Blue Jays, Kansas City Royals, Houston, St. Louis, California, Chicago White Sox, Cleveland Indians, Seattle, and Minnesota. Would have been easier to name the teams he didn't play for. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> he was the 1992 World Series MVP, and he was the catcher. So who is this? Pat Borders? Harrison Jeez. killing it. Nailed it. Give Pat me a chance. Yes. <laughs> you, you stole Jose Offerman from me. I'll take Pat. I, I wouldn't have got Pat Borders. Yeah, Pat Borders. He was yeah. he was a highly highly underrated guy. Yeah, first especially with that Blue Jays team, he held that team together. Well, he did. He was like he was the he was the glue there for a while. Those are back in the days of like Juan Guzman and like all they had some crazy pitchers up there. Dave Steeb, like yeah. they had. It was weird. It was a weird yeah. team, but absolutely. All right. Took a year off. Played huh? from 2012 to 2015 and then 2017 with Seattle and Miami. He's a relief pitcher, but he's known for the controversial delivery during this time. Who oh, is I this? think, yeah. So he used to like do the hop. He, he would hop. Yeah. Yes. And he threw like high 90s. He threw. Gas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First name was like Chris or something. I can't remember his last name. You're close. Oh. It's not Chris. Oh, it's gonna kill me. I I saw him pitch at Fenway <laughs> with Miami, and I was sitting like oh. I don't know a handful of rows behind home plate, and he comes in, 
and Bogarts took a high fastball to the oppo gap to tie the game. Oh my God. I don't know. Who is it? Oh man. I, I yeah. Carter. Carter, Carter Cap. Cap. Oh God man. Damn. Yes. I remember yes. him yeah. so vividly. He had such a weird delivery, but he threw gas. It, it's crazy. Like I was looking at some of the images and this is the best one that I could see that because a lot of them were like straight yeah. on. So you couldn't really see how far he hops on some of those images. He was literally a foot or a foot and a half off the mound yeah. and he hadn't even started his overhand. Yeah. And, delivery. I don't know how that was ever legal. I don't know how that was ever legal. No. So the, that year off, I'm pretty sure if I remember right, was he had to fix his delivery. So he took that year off to try to fix that hop. And then he came back in 2017 and just, yeah, he, he was never the same. Couldn't cut it. And it, no. and it, his delivery is a balk because he, he leaves yeah. the mound before he breaks his hands and he, and starts his delivery. But more importantly is how did the guy get all the way to major league baseball before people saw that as a problem? I, I, I know <laughs> like it, it's odd, oh, but man. there it is. Carter caps. Yeah. All right. That was good. Next one. Um, the picture is most likely going to give Floyd. it away, but I'll see if you guys can can do it. No. <laughs> Played from 1992 to 2002 with the LA Dodgers, Montreal, Chicago Cubs, mm. Florida, and the New York Yankees. The one-time All-Star was in Montreal. So oh, he was in Montreal when he got his All-Star. He was a left fielder and first baseman, and he had a candy bar. Oh, it was Henry after. Rodriguez. It is. Oh, Henry. Oh, Henry. Yeah. That picture really gave it away. It sure does. But yeah. Yep. Henry Rodriguez. Yep. He was an in- another guy. He had really kind of an interesting career, but when he, at his at his peak, he was a good ball player. Yeah. Especially that year of the Expos, he like exploded. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, Henry yeah. Rodriguez. He was, I mean, I, I miss those Expos. I really do. I'm. I miss right. the the uniforms. I miss that Olympic Stadium, which was a an abomination. <laughs> For but man, sure. I miss the Expos. I wish we'd send. We I wish they'd do expansion up there again. I, yeah. All right. Played from 1983. Oh boy. And then 1985 to 1997 with the Phillies and the Florida Marlins. Most of his career was with the Phillies. I'll give you that. Three time All Star. Catcher, right fielder, and first baseman. Mostly a catcher. Who is this? Oh, mostly a catcher. He was on a lot of the same teams as John Cruck. He yeah. was part of that, like, killer. Yeah, it wasn't Dalton. Duos. Who is it? It is oh, was Darren, it Darren Dalton. Dalton. Oh. Yes, Darren Dalton. Nice job. Yes, Darren, I, I remember Dalton, Dalton because of the years. I remember Dalton more in the outfield, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. 20. He was in the league for 24 years. Four years. This might, this might, one. this might give it away. Played from 1970 oh, to 1994 Jesus? with the Dodgers. I mean, who the fuck pitches for 24 years? <laughs> Dude, you'll Jesus. know as soon as you see it. The Dodgers, the Texas Rangers, the White Sox. And the Florida Marlins to end his career. Al Leiter. He was a one-time All-Star and was a starting pitcher. Who was this? Was he a starter for all oh, Charlie all Huff. four years? Yes. Oh, Charlie Huff. Yeah. Charlie Huff. Was, was he a starter for all 24 years? I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure. He might have. 
if he, I mean, he might have closed here and there and done relief pitchers, but yeah. I mean, I mostly know him as a starter. That dude pitcher. was a million when he retired and he threw that and knuckleball forever. Talk yeah. underrated uniforms. These need to come back full time. Yes, I oh, with, with the with the all teal hats. I mean, it's yep. just like do the right thing, baseball. Just yep. do the right thing. Yeah, those yeah. those World Series winning unis need to come back. And um, I also want to see the Mariners bring back the sleeveless pinstripe ones. Yep. Those are stick. Yep. Bring it. Do the right thing. Who do we write to in Major League Baseball to get those uniforms brought back? I don't know, but I, I don't. Mean, I don't do much for this podcast, so I can take that one on my shoulder. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make this happen. We're we're but, we're gonna start a movement, Sean. We're gonna make this thing happen. I mean, the Marlins did bring them back on Friday nights. No, yeah, no, that's Friday why, nights that's why oh, I said yeah. full time. I mean, we need yeah. we need full time. I need to log on yeah. and I need to go to MLB TV on a random game in August when they're out of it and see these beauties. Like that, that's I, what I need. I agree fully. Sick. All right. Oh man. Played from 1998 to 2009. With the White Sox, the Oakland A's, hmm. the Red Sox, the Mets, Baltimore, and Tampa. No all-star appearances. Boy. And he's also a relief pitcher known for his unique delivery. That's a pretty good long career for no uh no all-star. Who is this? Is that Chad Bradford? Harrison killing it tonight. Sure is, man. This is my thing. You Chad? I can name obscure baseball players all day long. <laughs> Chad. Bradford. I, look at that arm, though. How is that not like broken upon release? Dude, my knees, my ankles, shoulders, my back, neck, everything. Yeah. Back. And if I remember correctly, wasn't Chad Bradford one of the guys that was like heavily focused on in Moneyball? Yeah. 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 He was yeah, the. So, yeah. 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 He was. He had a, such a weird delivery. My goodness. Yep. Those submarine right, guys this, were different. So different. It's crazy. All right, this next guy you might be able to get from the clues, so just wait until the picture comes up. Got no. Um, <laughs> okay. No. This is all you, Sean. Played, I, don't played from I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. All right. See, the hard, the hard from... part is, is like our age difference is just enough. Like these years are all my sweet spot. Yeah. You were probably too yeah, young yeah, to remember yeah. most of these guys. Yeah. All right. Played from 1989 to 2002 with Atlanta, Cleveland, the Yankees, and Oakland. He won Rookie of the Year. He was a three-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger. Most of his career as an outfielder played first base towards the end of his career. Who is this? Oh, David Justice. That it a boy. Is, that one, I that one. That's an easy. Another one. guy I'm in Moneyball. Yeah, I was just gonna yeah. say another Moneyball guy. Yeah, David Justice. That's yeah. a that's a pretty unique follow-through. It is, and it was that's so pretty. A, that's a David Justice swing. David Justice in his prime was elite level. Elite. Yeah. But he fell off hard. Yeah. Okay. These next ones I think are going to be a little bit tougher, but we'll see what you guys got. Okay. Played 1999 to 2012 with the White Sox, Milwaukee, the Rangers, Houston, and ended his career in Miami. He was a three-time All-Star, left fielder, and first baseman. Can I take a guess before? Oh, never mind. Not who yeah, okay. Not who I was going to say. Who is this? Wait, go back to the clues real quick. Yeah. First baseman. Mostly outfield. Okay. So I thought, I, based on the stance, I thought it was somebody totally different. Who did you think it was? I was going down the road of, of like uh, Encarnacion or somebody like that, but it's not. 
No. I remember him mostly from his time in Houston around the Lance Berkman era. That's, I was going to say Lance Berkman, but I didn't think he played in Milwaukee. No, it's not Lance Berkman. No, I yeah, know it, that now. It's not Derek Bell because Bell didn't play those other places. Not Derek Bell. Once you see the name, you're gonna be like, man, I know. Oh, I, man. I, I'm looking at him, going, man. I feel like I should know this one. Um, I mean that that, and I know it's not, but like that batting stand looks like a Ramos Ramirez. I can't get a Ramos Ramirez <laughs> out of my head. It's, oh, man, I completely forgot. I, about me too. Ramos that was a good Ramirez. one. I, I haven't thought of him in a long time. Okay, this one Polanco. is no, not Polanco. This is Carlos oh, Lee. Oh yes, of course it of is. Of course it was. Yep. Yes, of yep. course. Carlos Lee. I'm looking at him going, I know I should know this guy. Yeah. Who is it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, man, we were on such a roll there, Here Sean. You go. <laughs> Played from 1989 to 2001 with Toronto, Cleveland, the Cubs, Giants, Mariners, Yankees, and Anaheim. No all-star appearances. An outfielder. I remember this guy mostly from Chicago and his time in New York. Um. He's got two first names, and his last name is a landform. I'll give you those clues. <laughs> uh, is a landform. So that's he's in a was it a Cubs uniform? Yes, sir. Is his last name Lake? Nope. Oh. Oh man. Once you see this one, he was too, in New I York too. The Yankees too. Yeah, for a little bit. Big, solid, right-handed yeah, guy. Clearly, like, he, he always like took, a tank. Always took like man hacks too, <laughs> and he was kind of an all or all or nothing kind of guy. The Yankees like him that way. Yeah. Oh, all right. remember he's got two first names. Well, now all I can think of is Willie Mopena. When you say first <laughs> names, and that guy took man hacks too. Took big daddy hacks, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I'll give you the last name is Hill. Oh, Glenn Allen Hill. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, my God, Glenn. I feel like I should know this guy. Yeah. Glenn Allen yeah. Hill. Um, I don't have no idea who that is. No, dude. He would. He took man hacks. Oh, he looks. I mean, I mean he just. Yeah. yeah. He was. He was that guy that he moved around the league because like everybody thought he was like a. Like a, it's Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Hunter. He's like a poor, like a poor man's Nelson Cruz. Like they would, people would bring him in just hoping he hit bombs. But you know, two seventy career hitter. He was not. He was nothing like crazy. But he survived as long as he did because he'd hit twenty-ish home runs every year. He looks Dude, so he's got angry. more muscles. He's got he's got more muscles in his right forearm than I do in my entire yeah. body. He looks so angry. Oh, he was. Uh, he was. Yeah, for sure. All right. This is the last one I have for today. Played from 1982 to 1996 with Minnesota, the Mets, Boston, Cincinnati, and Toronto. Frank Viola. One-time Cy Young winner, three-time All-Star starting pitcher. Who is this? (laughs) Frank Viola. Yes, it is. Sweet Frankie V. Sweet sweet chin music. For sure. Frankie V. Iowa. He was one of what the first picture, Red Sox starting pitchers too. I really loved. Yeah. What a picture of him you just had. Yeah. yeah. I'm you're, you're reading, welcome. I'm like, oh my God, that's got to be Frank Viola. Yeah. Frankie V. Man. All right. 
Man, so so next week I'm getting like really tough. You that, guys still motored through. This those. is so much fun to like. No, Harrison motored through them. I got a couple here and there. Harrison motored through. This, this is so um, fun to pull up these like obscure baseball players. See if we can figure who they are. You gotta give me some. Throw in a couple of guys my generation for me. All right. So what? 2020 to 2024. <laughs> 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 all right. So all right. Oh, I man. do have a couple of <laughs> actual trivia questions um to ask you guys so i'm gonna revert back to that blake snell wanting to go to to new york private now private privately don't spread that that's private yeah that is not news to spread nick my goodness don't tell people just because you read on espn doesn't mean it's public Mm -hmm. knowledge (laughs) delete from show okay anyways we'll edit that out we'll bleep that out. if blake snell (laughs) goes to the yankees you would have two defending Cy Young Award winners on the same pitching staff. Oh, you would, mm. yeah. The following year. When was the last time two defending Cy Young Award winners pitched for the same team in the following season to defend their crowns? Oh, wow. I'm thinking Pettit and Clemens in Houston. That's a great that guess. That is a great but guess. It's not that. I'll give you the team. You might get one of these guys. Um, the team was the Kansas City Royals. Saberhagen. Saberhagen is one. Apier? No, Apier didn't win. No. Saberhagen. <sighs> was that with Blylevin? Who was he with? No, not Blylevin. This guy came over from the Padres in a free agent deal. Um, and what, so he won the Cy Young in 89 with the Padres and then joined the Royals pitching staff in ni- 1990. <sighs> this is a really tough one. It's Mark Davis. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Nope. Would never yeah. have gotten. We could have sat no. here for days. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oddly I didn't enough, know that. I was like, oddly That's enough, crazy. coming over from the Padres, like Blake Snow would be coming <laughs> over from the Padres. But <laughs> right. Interesting crazy all right uh he, who were the last two pitchers to throw no hitters on the same day this also happened in 1990 june 29th 1990 and i would say they're very well-known pitchers no hitters on the same day huh yep june 29th 1990 did nolan throw one on that day nope i'll give you the two teams um, athletics and the Dodgers in 1990. Fernando, yep, Fernando's one, Fernando mm-hmm. Valenzuela, and then the A's. You said, yep, Eck, not oh, Eck. That a good one, good guess. Another pretty well known pitcher for the A's that was dominant during that time, though. Raleigh, no. So 89, they went to the series. Was it Stewart? It was Stewart. Oh, Dave, Stewart. Nice. Dave Stewart. Nice job. Nice. Man, a no hitter on the same day. That's wild. Yeah. Dave Stewart threw it in the afternoon and then Valenzuela capped it off in the night. Wow. Crazy. All West Coast, huh? Cool. Well, yeah, naturally. <laughs> okay. Um, and the last trivia question I have is. Who was the first team to hit three grand slams in one game, and who hit them? Oh, wow. Was it the same guy? 
No, 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 no. Three oh, different geez. guys. Okay. It was the first, right. okay. first team to hit three grand slams in a game. It happened in 2011. The Cardinals. Nope. AL or NL? AL. It's probably who you think it is. The Yankees? The Yankees. It is the Yankees. <laughs> I was like, that's such a Yankee yep. stat. And then who hit them? In 2011? 2011. So, Teixeira was probably one. No. A-Rod? Was he not there in 11? No. Nope. It's not A-Rod or Teixeira. He might have been, but he didn't hit him. I would say one of these guys was a pretty big power hitter. Well, two possibly borderline. And then the third one's kind of a fluke. Brett, but they're all... Brett Gardner? Nope. They're all well-known names. You should know them. Okay. Giambi in 11? Nope. No, he was second base. He was like in Colorado in 11. Oh, yeah, you're right. Second base. Cano. Cano? Yeah, Robinson Cano. Catcher. Came over from the Blue Jays. Molina? No. (laughs) Any of the Molinas is always a good guess. <laughs> Came over from the Blue Jays. Oh, Russell Martin. Oh, there, yeah, Russell, there you go, Russell. Yeah, and then um, he is in our one of our postseason um, trivia questions with the Mets and the Yankees. Granderson. Granderson. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Who were they playing? Yeah. Uh, they beat the Oakland A's like twenty-two to three. I was going to guess the Red Sox. Right. Like that seems like something they do against the Red Sox. It well, does. Although, shame game. on me if they did it against the Red Sox and we had no idea. That's true. Like, if we were completely clueless, <laughs> like, yeah, sure. That, that would have been horrible. Fair. If that happened so, to us, we didn't know. That's pretty bad. Y- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair. That's wild. Three in a game. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it was like a it was a twenty-two run romping. So that sounds like fun. All right, so that ends it for uh, trivia minute. There. So that was fun. Uh, we'll figure out stuff for next week. Um, so heading home, a couple things to uh, wrap up here um, to end the show. If you guys did not see the Winter Classic uh, in Seattle, um, the Kraken goalie, Joey Decord, his mask had all of the Seattle Mariners like old baseball cards on it. And it was really sick. If you haven't seen it, boy, like, Joey Decord. look it up. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah he had like griffey on like the earpiece and like you saw jay buner's cart like there's just old seattle cards like all over his helmet it was very well done it was sick um just really cool i love how like i think the bruins started it when they showed up to fenway and like the old baseball uniforms carrying the bats and like the the kraken did um oh how did they come in this year they had, like, it was, like people fit, they throwing it the- they had, yeah, and then they had the guys people from Pike's fish. Market like throwing the fish oh, yeah. over as they were. And yeah, I was just like, I was rooting for someone to get hit with a fish. I was like, someone yeah. just like crushed this guy in the head with a fish. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the yeah. old school hockey celebrations of like the fish on the ice of the first goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up watching UNH hockey games, the Wildcats, and that was always the, whatever frat was in charge would bring that nasty fish in the first goal that thing hit the ice. Yeah, it's Gross. so cool. I, I love how they're like, they, pay respect to baseball when they they're doing the outdoor game thing. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. It was but. cool when the Bruins did it too. And, and it was the year at Fenway. So he didn't even play because Tim Thomas was in net, but Tuca, the backup goalie had an awesome, we'll have to go back and like find a picture of it. His 
mask was all like like modeled after the green monster it was sick mm. like oh, it was yeah. like yeah. green monster green it had like the green monster font it was yeah. really yeah. cool like that was and he so... didn't even play but that was a really yeah. cool one yeah it's awesome um all right news today that our former boy Heim Bloom joins the St. Louis Cardinals front office. Um, it's just news. Um, he's what hired as an advisor. Yeah, he's that... an advisor to Mazeliak, the GM. They they want him to come in and help them with their um, uh, minor league system, player development, all that stuff because that's what well, he's known for. He's pretty good at that. Uh, yeah, I mean the Red Sox have one of the best farm systems in baseball. When he considering he came in and Dombrowski had gutted it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, anybody that adds him to your team is just doing just that. I mean, yep. it's either that's crazy. He's like, a, easy hire. He's a good baseball guy. He is. Like, I don't, it, you know, his stint, people, you, we, we can talk about his stint in Boston, how much he actually had control over it and all this. But, like, I don't think there's anybody that can can make a statement with a straight face that says he doesn't know baseball and no. how to build, yeah, right. build an organization. Yep. I mean, that's a good guy to have. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big piece of architecting that whole player development system in Tampa yeah. Bay and that lives on. And I mean, it's really smart for the Cardinals right now, because if you look at their roster, right? I mean, you had Molina retire. You had um, Pujols. Wainwright, Pujols, Wainwright. And then you got Arenado and Goldschmidt not very far behind. Like, yes, they have some years left, yep. but they're getting towards the back end of their career. You know, their team's getting older. It, it's it's smart because they have some young talent there ready to go. Nolan Gorman, Tommy Edmond. Um, those guys aren't slouches. Yeah, it was a Donovan. You can, they, got, they got guys that are ready right, to go. Brendan Donovan. And yeah. they're at a weird, so, like, transition inflection point where, like, the old guard is turning over and you got to get that right. Yeah. So if you can develop players and get key play, young players in there to fill the gaps that are leaving in a couple of years – uh, I, I I think it's a win-win for the Cardinals there. Yep. No, no, I think it's smart. It's smart. If that guy's out there, you know, throw a few bucks at him, bring him in, let him help you out. Thousand percent for sure. Uh, then the last thing I have is Michael Brantley of the Houston Astros has called it quits. He is hanging up the cleats and retiring. So, um, Michael Brantley fits into the Grady Sizemore category for me a little bit, where I, I mean, yes, they're two totally different players. I get that. Yep. But we never really got to see the full, full potential of Grady Sizemore because of injuries. God, he's so good. Mike And Michael Brantley almost fits into that same category for me. Like, yes, he's a, he's a lot different player than Grady Sizemore. But just I think Michael Brantley could have been, I'm talking like batting champion. Yeah for numerous years, but just had a lot of injury issues and just couldn't stay on the field. Yep. Yeah. Good, good ball player. The guy could, boy, could the guy hit. And he was in Houston. His whole career was, it was different. Once he got to Houston, he, he fit in so well there. Um, and he gave them some good seasons where he didn't miss a lot of games, but historically that you could count on that guy missing a big chunk of the season every freaking year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> Just... Yeah, I mean, he was, but he was the guy like Houston. I mean, he was in Houston. He went there in what, 2018? Let me look. Yeah. 2019. So 2019, he's in Houston. Plays 148 games in 2019. So, you know, 
plays, misses a few games, but 148 games for him is fine. That's that's fourth most he's ever played in his career. Yep. 148, then 46 in 2020, but that's the COVID year. Then 121 in 2021, so misses more games. 64 games in 2022, 15 games in 2022. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's just... kind of Michael Brantley. It's yep. kind of what, you know, he's. Yeah. He'd give you a season, then he missed most of the next three. Yeah, like that's just kind of his thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, he, I, he was a great contact hitter. Like every at bat, you're like, yeah, this is, he's going to put this in the outfield somewhere. He's going to find some green. Like, yeah. And he was good too because he always just looked so balanced at the plate. Oh, it was pretty. So weird. he was the guy where it's just like, you know, there's some guys that, that are, it's like, oh, you can get him off balance. And you yep. almost, you almost seemingly could never get him off balance. No. So if he's playing against your team, it was just never comfortable at bat because it's like you just yep. no. Even if you fool him, like he's going to stay balanced enough and just shoot it out into into left field and yeah, right. He, he was, was really so smooth, player. so fluid, yeah, like really it just player. everything looked easy. Yeah. So, all right, that is all I had for this week. Do you guys have anything to add? Oh, I got a few things for you. All right, let's bring. You got it. anything before I go, Shawnee? No, no, I'm good. I'm just happy to be back with you boys. Feels uh, feels normal. Feels good. Love it. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to start off with some smaller pieces of news and get in the bigger piece. So you'll never guess what former Dodgers player is getting interest around Major League Baseball. Anybody want to guess? Show it. Trevor Bauer. Nope. Another one. Another nut job. Ugeth Urbina. Yasiel Puig. Oh. No. Yasiel Puig has entered the chat. Uh, watch him watch no. Boston do it. So Yasiel Puig apparently has three or four teams right now that are inquiring about his availability and making a comeback to Major League Baseball. So apparently his How? legal scandal and trouble is behind him, and he's now available again after going to Mexico last year and crushing baseballs. Um, granted, Mexico, remember what the game in Mexico was like when every ball left the yard. There are several Major League Baseball teams inquiring about his availability. I found that shocking, but he's still out there. How old is he now? Uh, great question. 33. That's yep. it? Yeah. Well, he came up really young. Apparently. But yeah. Yeah, I think he I think he was like 14 when he yeah. came up. <laughs> but yeah, he is he is drawing interest from several teams. It's been reported by several outlets this afternoon. Stay um, away. Yeah, do not do not do it. Don't do Stay that to yourself. Away. Um, please but if along those same a, lines if you are a team that has young players that you are getting into the clubhouse to get them ingratiated to major league baseball stay away from yasiel Puig. yeah don't do it that dude has ruined every locker room he's been in yes. and that includes cincinnati when they were the joke of the league and he still ruined that locker room yep yeah, i agree yeah and the guy is nuts like he is certifiably nuts you don't know what he's going to do day to day. I just, I think that's insane. But there apparently are several MLB teams kicking the tires on Yasiel Puig. Our other former Dodger friend, who's a nut job, Trevor Bauer, um, who is, who has been cleared of all of his charges and all that has been talking to major league teams um, is finding that the interest in him is not as good as he hoped it would be. Um, there are teams that are interested. They're very cautious. They're, they're talking to him more about kind of incentive laid and prove it sort of deals. He's not loving that. So his return, he may end up going back overseas to get paid uh, and not coming back to Major League Baseball. But uh, his market is uh, is very uh, very difficult to judge right now. I 
I have heard that teams aren't interested in a the history and B there's still some underlying stuff going on. That's not known in detail to the public. Yeah. That's what I've he's heard. Still, he read. still has a lawsuit going against one of the women that, that accused him <clears throat> there. You know, he's been cleared of the really bad stuff, um, but he's still got some more legal trail behind him. There's some concerns that if you sign a guy like that, is there fallout with your fan base? Like, and generally around baseball, people don't like all the stuff he had to say about major league baseball for the, all those years when he ranted and raved about sticky stuff and all that. And there's, there's a feeling that he's going to be kind of a circus sideshow. Maybe you don't yes. want it. Yes. That's what I was going to say. That was going to be my, that was going to be my, my phrase. He's it's a sideshow. Yeah. Like how can he be surprised that teams are, are coming to him at all with prove it to me, low risk. You can earn most of the money deals. Like, yeah. what is it that he wanted? He hasn't pitched in Major League Baseball in so long. Did he right. think that because, like, the really bad Chargers are now gone, that teams are going to be, like, lining up and he was going to be, like, fighting them off with a stick? I think like, he what expected did he think that. That's, then that, I, gives you a, that gives you a little clue into his mindset, yes. which is extra proving, like, stay away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, a guy that a guy that got, obviously, his career got derailed by bad charges but he was already a guy who mlb didn't love because of they were already tired of him yeah because of it, the antics and you know him chucking the ball in the outfield and all the stuff he had to say and the videos he was making in his social media like major league baseball is looking for a reason to get rid of this guy this one just presented itself so they were able to get rid of him but um yeah, yeah so apparently he's not finding it as easy to get work as he hoped um and he's and maybe there's some consideration of going back overseas to keep pitching but we'll see uh one more thing before the bigger news item. The Rays, after hearing all the feedback from their fan base about the fact they play in St. Petersburg but never talk about St. Petersburg, are looking to add a St. Petersburg uniform to the rotation. So they are looking to add a St. Petersburg jersey that they would use as an alternate to pay some honor to the actual city they play in. My God, just move them already. Uh, just send them to Nashville. Like nobody, nobody cares. That's the hard part. Like the fans down there don't care, so don't bother. It's oh, brutal. All right, and then last another jersey to sell, baby. It's well, all that's it the is. Thing. And you're hoping to that, make revenue. You're hoping that the people in St. Petersburg who don't care will go buy a jersey that says St. Petersburg on it. I don't know. All five fans that go to the game, right? I mean, the thing, like the fan base down there, you're you're worried about what seven people think. Like it just it it's ridiculous to play this game. You know, cool. I mean, I'll, you want to do an alternate, whatever. I'll be honest. If the hats are cool enough, I'll buy a hat. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, like, Nick Nick already like, owns every freaking yeah, hat there the is. If the well hats batting. are cool enough, I'll buy yeah. a hat. But that's about where I where I yeah. draw the line. So, anyways, they're looking at mixing that in. And then, lastly, as of a few hours ago, so if we remember correctly, the San Diego Padres lost their TV deal last year when Diamond mm-hmm. Sports, in bankruptcy, decided to start dumping deals. Diamond Sports entered bankruptcy protection. Um, in let's see, what was the date last March? So March of 2023, they entered bankruptcy protection and they use that as a way to break contracts. They, sh- they care. They currently carry the rights to 11 baseball teams, including the Rangers, the Braves, the Cardinals, and a bunch of others. So Amazon made a $150 million offer to bail the company out and take over its TV rights, which diamond was going to do. And MLB said, no. MLB said no because they because Amazon wanted to take over streaming rights. 
Yeah, the platform. And MLB said, no, if you want a streaming deal, it's got to be through us directly. You can't get it through Diamond. We would rather have these 11 teams lose their TV deals than lose our streaming rights. So, Which I think is smart on MLB's part. Yeah, so Diamond is now potentially not going to exit bankruptcy. Um, and you will have 11 markets that don't have a TV carrier, which means they're going to do that whole MLB TV only deal like San Diego did. Because MLB is scared to death of anybody getting rights to these broadcasts outside of their package. So interestingly, interestingly enough, Amazon made the offer, very good offer, would have saved the company. MLB shot it down. Bankruptcy continues and television rights for those 11 teams continue to be very much in limbo. Do you have those 11 teams and are by any chance they Baltimore, Washington, Atlanta, or Cincinnati? The Braves are definitely in there. So your the teams are... So Bally controls, holy cow, they control everybody. Um, so for you, they control Atlanta. They control the Cincinnati Reds. But Masson still has Baltimore and um, yeah, this, they've got a, Washington. Yeah, Baltimore, so Baltimore, Washington, you're out on. But they do have Cincinnati. They do have the Guardians. They do have the Braves. They do have St. Louis. They do have the Tigers. They have the Brewers. They have the Twins, the Rangers, the, the Rays, the Marlins, the Diamondbacks. The Angels, the Padres, which is now well, kind the, of a mess. The Diamondbacks are already out, too. Yeah, the Royals. Diamondbacks and Padres are already out. Yeah, so they control a lot of markets. And uh, it looks like Diamond is potentially going to go out, and then MLB is going to renegotiate all those TV deals. But Because uh, Di- Diamond works under Bally's. Bally's is massive. Yeah. So we'll see. But... Amazon tried to bail them out and pick up some streaming rights and got absolutely shot down by MLB. So now those markets remain in limbo. I mean, I think I would rather have them deny Amazon that and put them on MLB TV because essentially if, if I'm paying for MLB TV, I want access to all 30 teams. I shouldn't be blacked out if I'm buying the premium MLB TV package. Like, I agree. you look at an NFL Sunday ticket, you look at, what is it, NBA League Pass, all of those NHL center ice, you buy those packages, you're not blacked out, are you, from your local team? So the NBA you are. Yeah. Because they're so still like, regional deals. Yeah. So like, okay. like when I go on the NBA TV app or whatever it's called, now they change the name every like eight minutes, but... <laughs> When I go on that, like if I I can't watch the Celtics there, I have to watch the Celtics oh, okay. go on cable on Comcast or whatever. Right, yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah. So there's or also okay. like if the like if the Celtics are playing on ESPN, I have You're to watch it on out. ESPN. Like yeah. I can't watch right. it on the NBA thing. Yeah, so it's it's still a little tricky. You know, hockey has less of that because it's more of a national TV deal, but there are still regional networks involved, like Nesson. Yep. Yep. But like they, the Bruins, I can't watch that on ESPN Plus. I have yep. to watch it on Nesson. Yeah, so there's okay. certain there are certain right. markets that are still an issue with those, but um, but what's interesting? So like you look at San Diego when they moved to MLB TV, that wasn't free. Padres fans lost the ability to yeah. watch their team on TV. So if if the Rangers go blank because Diamond Caves and MLB puts it on MLB TV, your Rangers fans have to now buy MLB TV to see their team. So this this in theory could be a disaster for MLB to have five markets go dark especially the reigning World Series champions, if you can't find them on TV. And 
Yeah. MLB is willing to play this game a little longer rather than let Amazon get in the game. That's how afraid they are. That's how valuable the streaming rights are to them and how afraid they are that somebody else is going to get their hands on them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know they've given a few, was it Friday night games to Apple TV? Yep. They get like one They're game. experimenting some. I, I don't know if you guys have watched that broadcast. I am not a fan of their broadcast. I, I, I don't like the commentating. I don't really like the broadcast look of it. Like, I don't know if that's me just being an old fart and it is. loving the classic look of, of baseball, but I don't, I don't really care for the Apple TV broadcast I or the talent they have on there. I'll be honest with you. I don't, when I watch a baseball, and I don't know, this is going to come off maybe like snobby and I like, I hope it doesn't, I don't mean it to like when I watch baseball games, like I rarely even listen to the broadcasts. Like I don't like, I would, I would, I would tune in and yeah. listen to the Red Sox broadcast a couple years ago when they had Eck. Cause Eck yes. was just like a guaranteed laugh, like every half inning. Um, well, like, other than that, like, I don't care. Like, I'll put a game on and I'll just, like, do some other stuff. Like, I don't. Yeah, I'm the same I way. Need, I don't need these people to tell me what's going on. Like, I'm very well aware yeah. of, like, <laughs> right. what's happening in the game. And oftentimes I find myself getting frustrated because it's not just the Apple TV. But even, like, sometimes on ESPN, on, like, some of the major TNT or TBS, like, I find myself quite a few times being like, I don't even know if I fully agree with that. Not that they're wrong. You just disagree. Yeah. Like, it's like, I just, yeah, or I, I just or, don't really So the Apple TV. I can't really commentate on what the, what it's, it was like. Cause I didn't it's, really listen, but it's legit like, Hey, like this pitch is called a curveball, and they call it a curveball because it curves. And it's like, <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta understand they're trying to get people they, in. They are like, they're trying to get people that don't yeah. typically watch baseball that tune in on a Friday night to watch, you know, whatever show is streaming and Hey, like, so they're trying to get them in. Like, I get that. Yeah. I'll tell you what if, I, if, I'll tell you what frustrates me about that broadcast frustrates, maybe not the right word, but it took me a long time to get used to it is there's a thing like down on the bottom right hand of the screen. And it, after every single pitch, it'll like update. It'll be like, Oh, the hit probability is 21%. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, it, yes. and then there'll oh. be like a and then there'll be like a foul ball. And then next to the big home run probability is one percent. And I found myself being like, wait, like what what's going on? It was like con- not confusing me, but it was like almost too much information. Yeah, it was like unnecessary yeah. stats. Unnecessary. <laughs> yes. I don't need like I if you think that I'm tuning into Apple TV to like live bet these games, you're a lunatic. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Like that's so it's just too much information. Yeah, no, and I don't yeah, I don't like I the Apple I don't like the Apple games because they're exactly what you said, Sean. They're designed to like get people that don't know what the hell's going on in and try to like show them the game. It's not about like broadcasting the game. It's about like almost using it as a way to like get new people in and, and keep them keep them there. Because yeah. the commentary is really, really like third grade level. It's basic. The commentators are not sharing any real insights. Like I used to love the ESPN games when, when you'd have like Joe Morgan in the booth and he's breaking down fielding positions and splits and at bats. And like, they're not doing that on Apple TV because nobody would know what the hell they're talking about. They're literally like going through the basics. And I think for, I think depending on what type of fan you are, I'm and I'm in your boat, Sean, nine times out of 10, the game is on and I'm doing other stuff. Like I'm kind of keeping an eye on it, but I've often, I've also watched a lot of games with it on mute. Because, oh, yeah. like, I got my laptop out, and I'm working. I'm looking up to see what's going on. I'm watching when I want to. But, like, I don't need the com- the commentators telling me what's going on. Like, I get it. And so many of them you know, are not very good. 
You know what we need is Nickelodeon to step in and televise some of these baseball games. With that, what they do with the football games with like the slime and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about bringing kids yeah. into the game? Sean is like, teaching. nope. <laughs> no, you don't like the slime time football games, Sean? <laughs> I think I, it's awesome. Is a no. I, oh, and that's fine. I'm not, I'm certainly not, not passing judgment on people that enjoy it. I, I just, okay. To, no, it's not. <laughs> it's just like for me, like any sporting event, man. Like if I'm going to tune in to watch a sporting event, like let me watch a sporting event. Yeah. You no, know, like you. I, I get it's just, I get it. And that's fine. And I don't have kids. And I know Pat, you know, Pat's got a, you know, Parker's four and a half, Emma's three. Like, Right. That's something that would appeal to them. Yes. And so I'm sure Pat's watched a couple of those with Parker and that's fine. But like, I'm not going to sit in my house like a psycho by myself and just be like, I'm going to tune in willingly to the Nickelodeon broadcast. Okay. Well, I guess psycho. I'm signing off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we get it, Nick. You know, you're a child at heart. I understand. Dude, I watched, the, I watched the Toy Story Pixar football game that they had when they went to London this year. That I, was actually I, I will say cool this. Too. I, I did check that out for like three plays. But yeah. it, was, it was a little glitchy. It was weird. And it was weird. Yeah. Like I thought it was, I remember saying to Sarah, like, this is a cool idea, but I couldn't do this for a whole game. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mm-hmm. did like, like the, I thought it was cool when like the claw would come down and place the ball, like right. where the ball was spotted. Like, yeah. I, like I thought the animation part was like cool. Yeah. Um, but it was like two plays. I'm like, I just got to go back to regular. <laughs> yeah. I hear yeah. I think if you're trying to keep a kid interested, sure. But like, yeah, right. It'd be really hard to watch a game like that as an adult. No, that would get tiring. Yeah for sure but yeah so i mean i don't know like ultimately i think baseball needs to fix the blackout issue i agree i don't i don't know how you do because we've said it a million times about the regional networks but like you gotta i'm just getting a beer you gotta kind of deal with them at tv period like they, they gotta get that sorted out because yeah having all these blackouts having no real kind of you know league wide program everybody's doing their own thing in their own markets. You got Bally who controls all the little markets. The big markets are all handled kind of on their own. Like it's, it's, it's weird. And I think ML, I think if MLB could go back in time, they never would have broken it up like they did, but here we are, but they got, they got to fix the TV thing because stopping a company like Amazon from getting into the game because you're afraid of the rights, but you'd rather have markets go dark than it's like, it's all backwards. Like they got to sort this out. I know like I'm in the minority, like just because of the area I'm in, but there's yeah. no reason I should be blacked out of four teams. Like that's, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. The closest team I have is six hours away. Like, right. I mean, not even close. Like there's no reason I should be blacked out of four markets. Either. Yeah. That would be like me being blocked out from New York or blacked out from New York because it's right. six hours from where I am. Like that's, yeah. not, that's not any, it's not even in my market. Right. I, I mean, it's just absolutely bonkers and I can't even get any of them on cable because they're so far away. So right, yeah, you you can't get the regional network, but you're blacked out because of the regional network. So it's like, what do I do? Yeah. So I well, mean, that's that, where they should. That and this is, me. I mean, this is people. I'm sure are just like, what the fuck are they talking about? But like, this is where you should be able to go. Like, there's got to be in the year of our Lord 2024, you should be able to go onto MLB TV and buy a subscription, and then you want to watch, let's say, a Reds game, and it initially tells you it's blacked out regional, local market, whatever. And you simply put in the zip code that you're living in. And then it says, oh, okay, well, that zip code, you can't get that actually on cable. So we're going to let you do it. Like, and I don't care how many people are going to game the system. So a handful. So what? Like, you're not losing money on that. Well, and if, no. and if like, you're this ML- is crazy. 
we're, if you're we're MLB, you want with, that. You want more people right, watching. That's what I'm saying. And we're coming up with rules and laws for the 5%. Right. We should be coming up with rules and laws for the 95%. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, it's almost backwards. It's dumb. Yeah. They got to fix that. And this is, uh, this is MLB. I think there's just kind of, you know, protecting their territory, but I think it's a mistake. I think, I think not, I think not having a solution for these five markets that are immediately in jeopardy of going dark is crazy to me. Could you, could you imagine the NFL letting five markets go dark? Well, NFL is different like, though. It is, but I'm just saying, like, can you imagine you know, another but, professional yes. league, like letting five teams no longer yeah. have TV coverage? Like that blows my mind. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's even, even, a, even hockey's not going to do that. And right. I would I mean, say they're the least viewed of the four sports. Yeah. Nobody would let that happen. But MLB is like, well, oh, we're going to play this game and see how it goes. Yeah. But all right. Anything else? That was a nice little rant at the end. Yeah. Sorry. Was, that's it. I didn't I mean, mean to like, I figured, right. that'd be, I figured that'd be worth talking it. about, but boy. I love it. I'm here for it. That's right. And I, I, put, I hope... put the link in the chat. People want to go read the article. It's, it's yeah. strange. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we wrap up this week? That's it. All right. So just reminding everybody to please like and follow us on Facebook. You can also uh, subscribe on YouTube. You can also listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you next Monday at 8. See ya. Go Blue.